Hi, I'm Tammy Hicks-Jackson. Welcome to my podcast. I am a Christian pastor in the United Methodist tradition, and this podcast covers a variety of topics. You may find anything from Bible study and devotions to yoga and meditation from a Christian perspective to my thoughts on Christian leadership and the church. Look for the descriptions and the tags for each episode to find what you're interested in. And thanks for taking this journey with me. Let's jump into this episode. Let's continue our journey through Proverbs with chapter 16. In chapters 10 through 15, we saw a lot of what was called antithetical parallelisms, where two statements were opposites and they were placed side by side, one foolish and one wise to contrast the differences. In chapters 16 through 22, we're going to see a lot of synonymous parallelism, where the second phrase makes the first even more specific. So it emphasizes it by placing the two together. Chapter 16, verse 18 would be one example of this. Let me read it for us. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So see how the two are related and emphasizing each other. We also began to hear some of the Proverbs repeated. The, what we have now is the book of Proverbs may have originally been a number of different collections, and we believe they were that have now been stitched together, but a proverb may have occurred in several of those collections. Each collection may have been compiled for a different purpose, perhaps for teaching a different age group or a different segment of the population, or just simply different editions like Solomon's book of Proverbs, part one and part two. We can see an example of ones beginning to be repeated in that the proverb that appears in chapter 16, verse 25, is also the proverb that appears in chapter 14, verse 12. So you'll begin to hear them echoed. Two that stood out to me in this chapter were verse 2, reminded me that sometimes God uncovers hidden motives, motives that we have even hidden from ourselves. And verse 6, we have to write our ship By loyalty and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord, one avoids evil. We have to get ourselves right, and so those things become, loyalty and faithfulness become braces for our soul rather than our teeth. Chapter 17, um, verse 2 stood out to me. Behavior can matter more than our status in getting ahead and being successful. Do you see the connection between verse 8 and verse 23? A bribe is like magic, like a magic stone in the eyes of those who give it. Wherever they turn, they prosper. In verse 23, the wicked accept a concealed bribe to pervert the ways of justice. So people who succeed in offering a bribe, it's like magic. They can make charges disappear. They can make a debt disappear. They can make justice disappear and get their way. But you need wicked rulers in charge in order to let that happen. In chapter 18, um, verse 2 made me think of social media. That verse says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing personal opinion. 
And that's what we see an awful lot of on social media is we're speaking and not listening. We're not open to gaining more information to becoming better. I also really enjoyed um, verses 13, 15, and 17. I see them as all connected to one another. If one gives an answer before hearing, it is folly and shame. An intelligent mind acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. And the one who first states a case seems right until the other comes and cross-examines. In verse 17, often we're persuaded by the first version of a story that we hear or when we hear the first person give their interpretation of events. But when we hear the whole case, we may not agree as much. Um, the whole story may um, be a little more truthful and we need to be open to getting the full information. I was also struck by verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. Um, we can literally murder reputations with the power of our tongue. I also noticed verse 24, that there are some friends who play at friendship. That really struck me. They play at friendship. So they're not really friends. They're being friendly for a purpose, often to hide a barb that's coming or because you offer them something, being friends with you helps them in some way, and we just need to be discerning as to who is our real friend and who can be trusted. Chapter 19, verses 5 and 9 are almost identical. Verse 18 struck me. Discipline your children while there is hope. Do not set your heart on their destruction. Um, disciplining our children while there is hope implies that a lack of discipline by parents can lead to a child's destruction. We have to want their best, not always what makes them like us the most. It's a difficult lesson. The same is true over and over in life, not just with our children, but with those who depend on us. If we are a leader or a boss in a work environment, to do what's best means that sometimes they won't like us and there have to be boundaries and rules. Verse 19 a violent-tempered person will pay the penalty. If you effect a rescue, you will only have to do it again. Consequences are very often the best teacher. We need to let people experience the consequences of their behavior. That increases the chances that they won't repeat it. Moving into chapter 20, verse 4 caught my attention. The lazy person does not plow in season. Harvest comes and there will be nothing to be found. It seems to be connected to me to verse 13. Do not love sleep or else you will come to poverty. Open your eyes and you will have plenty of bread that we, we have to be people who are productive and working. That's not the same thing as overwork, but we have to, to work and toll for what we get. Um, verse 10 and 23 are very similar, almost exactly the same. Verse 5 caught me. The purposes in the human mind are like deep water, but the intelligent will draw them out. We have to engage in self-examination. Part of being wise is looking at ourselves, getting, as Jesus said, the log out of our own eye before we try to get the speck out of somebody else's. It's important that we be able to examine ourselves, look honestly at our failings and faults, and try to work on those. In verse 25, it says, It is a snare for one who says rashly, It is holy and begin to reflect only after making a vow. 
it is holy refers to dedicating something to God. Usually this was done to avoid um, having to care for extended family, um, having to be taxed on it. You could dedicate something to the Lord, which meant you got to keep it right now, but it belonged to God. It was Corbin, meaning it would go to into the Lord's treasury at, at your death. I think this verse is telling us to plan our giving wisely. Um, we have obligations, and it may be that there are times when we need to take care of family, of people, um, even more than any acclamation that may come from organized giving. We just need to plan our giving and our support wisely so that we don't neglect the things that are our responsibility. Verse 29 says to me that all ages are valuable. The verse says, the glory of youth is their strength, but the beauty of the aged is their gray hair. Every age is valuable. Every age brings something to the table. Chapter 21, in verse 3, I hear echoes of Psalm 51, specifically verse 17. Um, Verse 4 talks about haughtiness and pride, um, that they are a guide. They're the lamp that guides the wicked. They're always looking to monitor their pride. They have a haughty attitude and that those things are sin. Verse 13 says, the measure with which we judge is the measure that comes back. This is the spiritual principle of reaping and sowing. What we put out in the world tends to be what we get back. We cultivate goodness or we cultivate hardness. Verse 15 um, speaks to me that evildoers don't like it when justice is served. There are those who complain about justice and those who are... Um, constantly saying that shouldn't have happened, that I don't like that. When justice was served, we need to be wary of those people. What are they telling us by their resisting justice? Um, verse 26 reminds us again of the difference between a poverty mentality and a spirit of generosity. There is enough. God gives us enough. We don't have to hoard things. Chapter 22, verses 1 through 17 talk about the goal of discipline being to remove foolishness. Strife and gossip are signs that foolishness are afoot. And if we can get rid of the foolishness, there will be more peace. If we live wise, we, we live more fulfilled lives. Chapter 22, verse 17 through chapter 24, verse 22 are a collection of sayings that have either been adapted from or at least were strongly influenced by an Egyptian wisdom collection, a book called Instruction of Amenope. Um, I'm, I know I'm butchering the Egyptian name, A-M-E-N-E-M-O-P-E. I'm pronouncing Amenope. Um, that collection of wisdom sayings from Egypt dates to around 1200 B.C., The themes are remarkably similar, especially in the way they contrast um, someone who holds their tongue um, and those who are easily angered and spout off. Look particularly at verses 24 and 25 in this chapter. Chapter 23, as we move into it, we see that chapter 22, verse 28, and chapter 23, verse 10 are another repetition. They're almost exactly alike. Chapter 23, verse 2 reminds us we need to control our appetite. Again, this concept of self-control is a sign of wisdom. 
Um, in those verses that I mentioned, 22, 28, and 2310, we need to remember where we come from. We need to know and learn from our history, not whitewash it, not erase it, not forget it, also not celebrate the evils in it, but we need to remember where we came from. Verse 29, um, warning, and some of the other verses as well are warnings about drinking too much, the way we behave when we're drunk and when we're hung over are not always wise. They don't always reflect well on us. Chapter 24, um, don't envy those who are evil. This is in verse 1 and, and several others. Wisdom is better than fame and stuff, possessions. Wisdom is more lasting and more fulfilling. Often we look around and we see people who have a lot and we think, well, certainly that's paying off for them. Well, it may look like that on the surface and it may look like that right now. But in the end, living a wise life um, in connection with God and the way God teaches us to live is ultimately more longevity, more fulfilling, more lasting. Um, verse 12, we cannot hide from God. God is everywhere. God sees all. Nothing is hidden from God. Verse 23 begins a separate section of Proverbs again. We're no longer part of that Egyptian-influenced collection of Proverbs. And verses 23 through 39, or the rest of this chapter, are this separate section. Chapters 25 through 29 are a collection of Proverbs designed for training diplomats and bureaucrats who are operating in the king's court. At verse 4 and 5 of chapter 25 say the, the wicked are like dross in silver. They're impurities. Uh, they mess things up and you, you want to get those out in order to make things pure or better. In verse 6, I hear a connection to Luke chapter 14, verse 8. Humility is better than assuming your importance. Jesus tells a story of when you're invited to a dinner, don't sit in the places of honor. Take a humble seat. Let someone ask you to move up rather than have someone more important than you come in and you have to be bumped down. Um, verse 19, choose your associates carefully. Who we associate with matter. Um, verses 21 and 22 if your enemies are hungry, give them bread to eat. And if they are thirsty, give them water to drink. For you will heap coals of fire on their heads, and the Lord will reward you. This um, connects to Psalm 140, verse 10, and to Romans chapter 12, verse 20. When we return evil for evil, people feel justified. See, I'm treating them that way because they treat me that way, even if they started it. But when we are kind, when we refuse to return evil for evil and we continue to live as God told us, it frustrates the people who are our enemies. It sometimes softens them and makes them able to come to a resolution to find peace between us. It also is a witness to other people. Um, in verse 26, we're encouraged not to give in to the wicked. We need to, um, sometimes we get weary of fighting and we just want to give up and we have to stay in the fight for right. We have to keep doing the right thing over and over and over. 
we begin to move into chapter 26, chapter 25, verse 28, and chapter 26, verse 3, talk about controlling yourself. If we are unable to exert self-control, we will need some external kind of control. We will need a parent when we're young to be those external controls. And if as an adult, we don't learn to control ourselves, society will have to do that. We'll need a probation officer. We may need to be in jail. Um, we may need to work in an environment where a supervisor pays close attention to us. We really need to be able to learn to self-regulate ourselves. It's a sign of maturity and it's a sign of wisdom. Verses 4 and 5 in chapter 26 appear to contradict themselves. Verse 4 says, Do not answer fools according to their folly, or you will be a fool yourself. Verse 5 says, Answer fools according to their folly, or they will be wise in their own eyes. Um, I think this is telling us that we have to use discernment to know when to confront foolishness, and when to let it go. When can it be helpful? When does it need to be corrected maybe for other people who are watching and listening? But there's some discernment as to when we hold our tongue and when we speak. Verse 12, some some fools think they know everything. They can't be educated. They're not open to listening. And those would be some of the ones that it would not be helpful to confront. Verse 17 kind of reminds us to mind our own business. Like somebody who takes a passing dog by the ears is one who meddles in the quarrel of another. Everything is not our business, and we don't have to get um, involved there. Otherwise, it'll be like grabbing a dog by the ears and getting, um, getting the teeth coming. This is not the same thing as standing up for those who are being mistreated, For us to stand for justice is one thing. For us to put our nose in the middle of something that's not our business is something different. Um, Verse 25 reminds us to be a little suspicious of gracious words when they come from an enemy. This was a verse I heard earlier. Sometimes those gracious words are hiding a barb, and we want to not do that. We want to pay attention. Verse 27 is more about reaping and sowing. Moving into chapter 27 in verse 12, there's a contrast between the wise and the foolish um, in seeing what is coming. We sometimes get a heads up of what's about to come if we are paying attention. The verse says, the clever see danger and hide, but the simple go on and suffer for it. So the wise are paying attention and respond to what they see coming. Verse 10, remember who you are, remember where you came from, cultivate relationships both with people near you and with people who are far, with relatives and friends, with old and with new. Verses 23 through 27 talk about a a shepherd, and the shepherd in this case is a metaphor for the king. So the king is to know his flocks well, give attention to his herds, the people who have been entrusted to him. Um, chapter 28, um, verse 1 talks about the the foolish are scared of everything. The wicked flee when no one pursues them, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Um, we aren't scared of standing up for justice. 
Verse 5, the wicked don't understand justice. They won't accept facts. They will rail against verdicts that were just. They will see no responsibility on their part or the part of those they want to defend. When justice has truly been served and people refuse to accept it, they're revealing a wickedness in their heart that we need to pay attention to. This does not mean that every verdict, that every decision is a just one. We need to be open to when justice is not happening. We've had other proverbs that talk to us about bribery and wicked leaders um, on there. But when justice has been served and people will not accept it, pay attention to that. Verse 9, when we ignore what we know is right and then we want God to save us, what are we thinking? Like, we don't have to obey God, but then God has some obligation to save us from the mess that we've created. Sometimes reaping the consequences of the decisions we've made is what has to happen. Verse 13, um, we must own our mistakes and repent so that we can improve. Let's look at that one. No one who conceals transgressions will prosper but one who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Um, when we're trying to to do something wrong, we often don't get away with it. We certainly don't get away with it with God. There's something wise about being able to say, I messed up. This is wrong. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Verse 21 reminds us to be fair Um People may be swayed by favoritism, but if they are, they are untrustworthy. Um, If you can be persuaded to support someone because they're doing you a favor, even if they're wrong, then we're allowing ourselves to be influenced in a way that we should not. And finally, verse 26 reminds me of Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Those who trust in their own wits are fools, but those who walk in wisdom come through safely. Thank you.